This is a free download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at Le Banks St. Samson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. Now there came to Jericho, as he went out from Jericho with his disciples, and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Tamias, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And when then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. Thrown aside his garment, he came, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabbani, that I might receive my sight. Then Jesus says, Go, your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight. And he followed Jesus on the road. I just love some of the great gospel stories, and particularly this one of Bartimaeus. I think blindness, probably losing your sight, of all the, all the senses. Anyone say losing your sight is probably one of the probably the, probably one of the worst things to lose, really, of all the senses. And just think how you'd feel right now if somehow you lost your sight. Think about how you'd feel. I mean, leaving this room, you know, you'd be tripping over things and. Not sure which way to go, you know, walking into doors, although people tend to do that even, even when they physically see kind of enough beside the point. Uh, but you know what I mean? You'd walk into things, trip over things, and you'd, you, you know, you, people, would, you, you, people could deceive you very easily, or you would just totally, your whole kind of concept of life would just, it'd just be, I mean, would say it'd just be totally radically changed. Actually, you just would, everything would be certainly different. You know what the worst thing is? Not only not to have physical sight in a sense, but even worse, not to have spiritual sight. It's interesting. The first hymn we sang was by a lady by called Fanny Crosby. The thing about Fanny Crosby is she was blind. Somebody I spoke about Fanny Crosby, and they said that the one thing about Fanny Crosby was this. Although she was physically blind she saw more than any person they ever knew because she had incredible spiritual sight. He said she could, saw, she could see more than anybody because there can be a spiritual blindness, a blindness. In other words, maybe you're here today and there's a, that, that you don't know about God. You don't know him personally at all. I remember for many years... You know, I'd heard the gospel and the story of Jesus on different occasions, but there was a blindness over my eyes. I didn't think I needed a saviour. I didn't think I needed God. There was almost a blindness, like, over my eyes. What happened to me, I was probably 18 years of age. That's going back at least 20, 30 years. And, uh, <laughs> why are you laughing? <laughs> uh, 
And I remember being brought to the point where I was literally going to die. That was, I was a 50-50 chance of dying. And I remember for the first time, almost doing what this guy did, crying out, saying, God, if you're there, reveal yourself to me. And the moment I saw my need of a saviour was the moment my eyes were opened. The moment I saw my need was the moment that I I realised I needed a saviour. And that moment, for the first time, everything seemed obvious. The things I, I seemed so blind to before suddenly became so obvious to me. The blindness lifted and I could see my need of a saviour. The road where we live, if you ever pull out of our drive, it's a kind of blind spot. And often the most, Gareth's laughing, probably thinks everywhere I go is a blind spot in that sense. But, uh, but the truth is, when you pull out of somewhere, the worst thing is, is to pull out and not really see what's coming. People call it a kind of a blind spot. And it's the most dangerous place that you can be in a car. And I think often we can have blind spots even in our lives that we just don't see the things that we need to see. Sometimes even other people see, but we don't. There's a, there's a blind spot, we don't see it. It's an interesting f- f- scripture in Matthew 23. Jesus spoke about a lot of blindness. And in verse Matthew sort of 23, 24, he said, 23 says, Matthew 23, 23, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mints and, and have neglected the weightier matters of the Lord, justice, mercy, and faith. Those you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Blind guys, strain a gnat, swallow a camel. In other words, he says, you've got a blind spot. You are paying attention to things ultimately that really aren't that important. And you miss the most obvious things of all. Can you imagine that? You, you're tithing mint. You think, you, know, you think of mint, you know, what you're going to go, tithing it. I mean, can you imagine measuring this? You know, what's 10%? How do you measure 10% of that? And, he says, and they were so specific, they would measure mint, man. I mean, me- measure it to make sure it was a tenth. And he was saying, yet you you don't do the most obvious things of all. You ignore love. You ignore justice. You ignore mercy. And you're blind because you think that's all right with God. You think God doesn't mind all the other things you do as long as you tithe your mint. He says, that's blindness. And it's so often that people can kind of earn brownie points through outward actions Yet they can have unforgiveness and bitterness in their hearts. And we're blind because there's the sense we think the outward things matter to God more than the condition of what's in our hearts. And and the Bible says that when you kind of have that attitude of heart, then there's a blind spot. There's blindness. Because you don't perceive and recognize what God really sees. I think also there can be not only a spiritual blindness, but there can be a destiny blindness. You can't see what you're supposed to be doing with your life. Now, maybe we don't get it so much in Guernsey, but often in the UK, particularly this time of year now, frozen windows, 
you know, clearing the, the frost off your windows. And, and if you were to drive with that kind of frost on your windows, how many realize you're not going to get you to your destination? There will be a dis, a, a dis, you'll be distorted, there'll be a distortion there. It would distort our vision. And I think there can be things in life, stress, fear, doubt, wrong believing, distort our vision. And when those things distort our vision, we can never really be and get to the person and the journey that God has for us. It's interesting, the word Bartimaeus actually means son of the unclean. Anyone would like that name? Bartimaeus, son of the unclean. That's what his name means. Son of the unclean. It means his reputation wasn't very good. The Bible says he was by the highway. He was a quiet, passive person with a bad reputation. And passivity means yielding to unwanted pressure or some other influence without resistance. It means giving up without trying. It means no interest, no enthusiasm, no energy. It means kind of going down the stream rather than a, a live fish flows up the stream, a dead fish flows down the stream. In other words, passivity will always take you to the road of least resistance. In other words, real faith, really, ultimately, is the result of acting on what God says to us. That's what faith is. It's never passive. It's always acting on what God says to do. And I think God wants us to have a spirit that's energized. He wants us eyes that have a vision what he has called us to do. And I think the thing that can limit us so much is passivity. Is a passivity. How many have found that often? I've found that when you talk and maybe share with people, even the gospel, how many would rather have people that may even debate and argue with you rather than those that just say, whatever? <laughs> Isn't that true? And the danger is in our society, we're passive about the things that are very, very important. A few weeks ago, when we, when we did the funeral here, I mean, one of the things that kind of struck me, and I, I shared this with people in a sense, is that how easy people prepare for everything else in life. Isn't that true? Lots of things people prepare for, really, in life. JL, as a solicitor, you prepare people's wills. Is that right? And people are really good and prepare for things like that, which is awesome, which is important. Yet the most important thing in life is what happens after you die. And that's the one thing people never really prepare themselves for. Time, attention to other things. And yet the most important thing is eternity. Everybody would say that. Because really our life on earth ultimately is over. Very quickly, really. And yet the major thing, where we spend eternity, people never really prepare themselves with. And often it's because of passivity. And so, one of the lessons, the thing that brings us vision is when we're prepared and energized for all that God wants to do in our life. Here's the next thing, and it's this. There are all kinds of other people in the Bible that are described as blind. Remember Samson? Samson was a man of destiny. And he compromised and he lost his sight. He lost his sense of his purpose and his 
direction because that's what compromise will do. Often the very things we compromise in doing are the very things we lose anyway. And we just we, we need to know that, that, that God has got a great calling. God has got great things for us to do. The other thing was the religious leaders, the religious leaders who were blind, the religious leaders who focused on all outward exteriors, but had no real heart engagement with God. In other words, they so focused on the outward exteriors and the way people perceived them and never really gave much attention to their relationship and their condition before God. And when we do that, it creates a blindness. The church of Laodicea, Jesus said that, that they were lukewarm, they were half-hearted, they were spiritually passive. And he says, you're blind because you don't see your need. In other words, that often when people become self-reliant and don't really rely and depend on God, the result is blindness. It's total spiritual blindness to live your life not really relying and depending on God. When we do that, we're blind. We don't see our need of a saviour. We don't see our need for God's provision and all the things God wants to provide for us. And self-reliance brings a blindness to our lives. Look at Matthew 7. There's another one. Judge not that ye not be judged. For with what judgment you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? You know, actually when you look at this, actually I find, I, I find this hilarious. If you ever read a lot of the Gospels, sometimes Jesus, I mean, you ever realise Jesus got a sense of humour? How many realise that? It's like this picture, someone going around with a big plank in their eye and saying, by the way, I've noticed you've got a little bit of speck in your eye. I mean, when you look at it, it's kind of hilarious, really. And yet what Jesus said is that when we have judgment in our hearts, when we judge others, when we constantly look for faults in others, it blinds us from seeing ourselves as we really are. It prevents us from having a true estimation of ourselves. And the Bible says that the way we judge others actually will be the way it will kind of come back to us. And I think as long as a, a, a kind of judgment in the hearts of people, you'll never really be able to help the issue with other people. You can't. As long as you always see their faults, you'll never be able to see the treasure that's within them. It blinds you. It blinds you from your inability to help someone if you're constantly looking at their faults. Is that true? And so Jesus says, don't have a, a judgmental attitude because it brings the blindness. You can't see the treasures in other people and you'll never see the treasure in yourself. Don't allow that to blind you. And look, what he, look what happened to this, this, this Bartimaeus. He said this, uh, the Bible says, he began to cry out. As I said to you, my blindness, the first time blindness was lifted from my eyes is when I began to cry out. See, the word cry really is a, is a, is a if you like, it's, it's, a, it's defined by 
a need in your heart. When you cry out, that means you, how many really say you're desperate? There's a, there's a desperate need in the heart. And out of that desperate need of the heart, we're told that Bartimaeus cried out. That's what happened to me in, my, in a hospital bed. I cried out. I said, God, I need you. I need a saviour. If I was to die tonight, I don't know what happened to me. I know I'm not right with you, and I need to get right with you. And that's the moment that God opened my eyes. Sometimes I, I cry out is where God comes. It's, it's, almost, it's reaching out to him. It's seeing that only he has got the power to change your life. That's what he's saying. He's saying, God, I'm crying out to you because you're the only one who can give me a miracle. You're the only one who can transform my condition. You're the only one who can transform my situation. You're the only one who can give me the ability to see. And he cried out to him. And the Bible says that Jesus said to him, it's because of your faith. Let it be unto you according to your faith. Where did that faith come from? It says he had faith because he'd heard about Jesus. And the moment you hear about the powerful truths, the moment you hear what Jesus can do for your life, faith rises up. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the moment you see the potential of your life, what God has promised, what God has made available to you, all the promises he's given to you, then through that a faith will arise. And Jesus said, let it be according to your faith. And he says, through that faith, you can be made whole. And really that man crying out, was an extension of his faith. And we're told there, people were trying to stop him. He had obstacles, he had opposition. And even though people tried to put him off, tried to stop him from doing what was in his heart to do, he kept crying out. Because that, if you like, was him reaching out by his faith. He was reaching out. In other words, if you were to have that blindness removed, if you were to come to, if you were to, come to know God personally, if you were to have a, a greater level of experiences with God, it will always begin by you stepping and doing something. Extending your faith. And the moment you do that, God will meet you. And I think passion came when he realised that God had a purpose for his life. God's got a purpose for your life. And if you would pursue it, if you'd go after it, then God begins to release those things that he wants to give in your life. Something inside us says, God, open my eyes, help me to see what you've called me to be, open my eyes for me to do what you've called me to do, show me the possibilities Around my life. Show me how you've wired me to be successful in life. And I believe God will open your eyes. It will show you that you are destined for something awesome. But only he can speak in your life. Only he can reveal to you the purpose that he has called you to do.
And I found this, that when you respond to God, God opens your eyes to the most incredible possibilities in life. I think we'd be amazed if we could really see what's, what's inside us, all the treasures in us, all the gifts, all the abilities, all the resources that we have in our lives. If our eyes were open to that, we'd be amazed what we could do in life. Ultimately, the most successful people in life are not people who've got more than what we've got. They just recognise what they have and they use what they have to their maximum potential. Anyone would say you'd like to live your life and at the end of your life, you can say, actually, everything God put in me, I've squeezed it out. Every ounce of potential, every ounce of ability, every ounce of talent, every ounce of things that God has put in my life, I've squeezed it out and I've used it to maximum. That's what I believe living life is. Just living your life with all the abilities, all the potential, all the things God's put in you and running with it and using it. And if we would do that, you'd be amazed what you would find that God has put in our lives. Can you say amen? I think sometimes we can have, the Bible speaks of internal blindness. In other words, we don't see ourselves as we should clearly see ourselves. We often see ourselves through our own inabilities and weaknesses and we can't do this, we can't do that. And Often we have such a low Estimation of ourselves. Sometimes we see ourselves through, the, through, through inferiority, through fears, through discord. So we, we have this distorted view of who we really are. Just a, a blindness to who we really are in God. And I think often the enemy works overtime to distort your view of who you are. The Bible says, you know what the Bible's like? The Bible says, really, the Bible's like a mirror. And when I look in that Bible... It ultimately shows me what I'm really like. It's not what people say I'm, say I'm like, I'm like. It's not what circumstances say I'm like, I'm like. It's not what experiences say I'm really like. But actually, ultimately speaking, I look at my life and say, actually, that's what the Bible says I'm like. The Bible says I'm a new creation. The Bible says I'm a more than a conqueror. The Bible says I've been loved with an everlasting love. The Bible tells me that he that's in me is greater than he that's in the world. So I begin to see myself through the mirror. If I look at any other mirror, it's going to give me a distorted view. I used this example years ago, and Ken Holder is going to use the name David Beckham. That's, that's, I mean, I realize that's going back a bit. And I always use the impression, can you imagine if, if the only image David Beckham ever said of himself was he's three foot three, now, imagine if he just thought, this is the way I'm three foot three, you know, no air, wherever it is, or, you know, uh, and he, he had this view of himself, just being three foot three, skinny three foot three guy. How many realise, if that was his image of himself, he'd never have been the footballer he was, because he would have been a distorted view. And often through life, people have a distorted view of who they really are, and it limits and affects their life. We could see ourselves through the mirror of God's word. We'd be amazed who we really are. Ultimately speaking, you are who God says you are. If only we really believe that, I think it would change our world and change our life. Can you say amen? Here's the next thing. 
That's perception. I think something else that not only, not only can there be internal blindness, but sometimes there can be external blindness. Sometimes some people can see their situations as an absolute total disaster. They look at their circumstances, they look at their life and think, that is an utter and total disaster. Sometimes, if we could have our eyes opened, we'd be amazed what seems a disaster could be something awesome, could be something incredible, could be something absolutely amazing. If only we could see it. And sometimes, what seems something that is out there that we feel will devastate us and destroy us can be the very thing that could change your life in an amazing way. If only we had eyes to see it. If only we had eyes to see our circumstances, to see our situations, to see the things that come through our lives as actually not things that are meant to kind of wipe us out, but are incredible opportunities to take us to the next level. I've probably shared before, one of my, my, my greatest loves and birds is the eagle. I love eagles. I love eagles. I really do. I think they're amazing. We saw a few last year. I just love eagles. And the thing about an eagle is this. An eagle, and someone said this, that they actually stood an eagle. They said, you know, when a storm comes, an eagle, they've got certain eyes. And when a storm comes, an eagle, actually, his eyes light up. They think it's absolutely awesome. They love storms, because what a storm does, that they kind of use the storm to take, it, to take itself to a higher level. It uses the, 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 the thermostat winds, and the moment that the, the thermostat, the, the winds change, and the storm comes... The eagle thinks, that's awesome. His eyes light up thinking, great, I can now go to a higher level. And that's true of our lives today. Sometimes your eyes can be open and say, wow, that problem, that challenge, that difficulty is an amazing opportunity for me to come into a place of life transformation. Can you say amen? If only our eyes would be open very quickly. The Bible says that, isn't it interesting, the first of all, the crowd began to be really angry, told him to shut up. And it's interesting, isn't it, that how the, as the story goes on, as the crowds began to say, you know, shut up, try to cast them away, the moment Jesus says, bring him to me, he's almost like, oh, great, be of good cheer, that's wonderful, that's amazing, oh, that's great. And suddenly the whole opinion changed. You'll find that time and time again through the Bible. Jesus on one day suddenly being celebrated. Three days later, the crowd crucify him. And that speaks really of things that are so fickle, really. Crowds often are fickle. They change, that's true. And as things in life can be very, very fickle. Imagine if that man would have listened to the fickleness of the crowd. He'd never have got healed, is that true? But he refused to allow what seemed fickle to control his life. Things can... Things that are fickle can control us. Emotions. Aren't emotions fickle? You know, you wake up one morning and you're going to conquer the world. Is that right? You know, you're going to, you're, you're, it's going to be an amazing day today and you, have, and you wake up amazingly. And you can wake up the next day and think, I don't even want to get out of bed. Suddenly, what, nothing's changed, but your emotions, your feelings have changed because emotions and feelings are so fickle. Opinions are fickle. Often, certain opinions can control our life, but ultimately, opinions are fickle. Circumstances are fickle. 
How often we allow circumstances to control us, but the reality is those circumstances are fickle and those circumstances can so easily change. And if there's one lesson that we need to learn is not to allow the fickle things of life to blind us from the true reality of the mighty and powerful God. Can you say amen? Now notice this. I'll draw this to a close. The Bible says he just, he cast off his garment. He got his garment and he cast off his garment. You know, in those days, we were going to see today, you know, on people's cars they see disabled badges. Have we seen that? And almost that was true of that day. If you were a beggar, you had a garment that allowed you to beg. It allowed you to beg. It allowed you to be in a certain place and to beg. And notice what this man did. Before he was healed, the Bible says he cast off his garment. He cast off the garment that was his official begging garment. You know what he could have done? He could have said, you know what, I'm going to keep this garment. Let's see what happens. Just in case nothing happens, I want to, let me hold on to my garment, just in case. I've always got something to go back on. But the Bible says, he cast it off. In other words, he threw it off. Because he says, I will never beg again. I know from this time on, I'm going to get a miracle and nothing will be the same again. In other words, he threw off the garment that was attached to his former way of living. And if you're going to have a vision for your life, if things are going to happen supernaturally, you've got to decide there are certain things that you're attached to that you need to throw off because they are holding you back. They can be attitudes that hold you back. They can be habits that hold you back. They can be patterns of compromise that hold you back. But we have to cast them off because as we cast them off, it brings us into our destiny and it brings us into our purpose. Maybe there's things that have kept you in bondage for years, things that have limited you, things that have held you, things that have stopped you going forward. We need to throw those things off. Things of our past we need to throw off. Unforgiveness we need to throw off. Disappointments of life we need to throw off. In other words, don't let the old things of life lock you up and define who you are. I love this fact. They came to Jesus. Everything is crazy. Someone comes to you blind and says to you, what do you want me to do for you? I mean... How many would think that's pretty obvious? But Jesus wanted that man to tell him what he wanted him to do. And that's simply what God says. We tell him what we want him to do. And the Bible says the moment he received his sight and his eyes were opened, he began to follow Jesus along the way. He became a a follower of the Lord. He had an encounter with Jesus that totally transformed his life forever. I would say one of the biggest needs of life today, people's lives today, ultimately speaking, we need a God encounter. We need to truly transformingly encounter God. 
I encountered God those, whatever years ago it was, I don't know how many years, but 40 so years ago. That's when I encountered God. And that encounter changed my life forever. Since then, I've had a lot of encounters. And every true encounter I've had with God has opened my eyes a little bit more. Has opened my perceptions and helped me to see things in a totally different light. Every encounter with God always results in your eyes being more opened. More open to see who God is in you. More open to see what Jesus has done on your behalf. More open to see the purpose and plan of God for your life. It takes an encounter sometimes to open your eyes. And I think the greatest need of people, church, individual, everything, a God encounter, a mighty encounter with a living God changes lives forever. How many think it's wonderful? The same God that Bartimaeus encountered that gave him his sight is the same Jesus that you can encounter today that can open your eyes, help you see things you didn't see before. Begin to see people in a different light. You begin to see your circumstances in a different light. You begin to see your problems in a different light. You begin to see yourself in a different light. Everything changes when you have an encounter with Jesus. Let's all just bow our heads and come before him right now. Maybe you're here this morning and Maybe there's different, there's different levels here today. Maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus personally. And maybe your prayer can be, Jesus, just open my eyes. Let me see you. I often found if you sincerely pray that from your heart, then Jesus will reveal himself to you. Or maybe you're here today and maybe there's, there's been blind spots. Ask Jesus to say, Lord, open my eyes to see any blind spots in me. Anything that's limiting me, anything that's holding me back, help me to see it for, it, for it as it truly is. Help me to see any blind spots over my life. I want to just pray right now. If you don't know Jesus, I want you just simply from your heart to pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you today that you would open my eyes to truly see you. Open my eyes to see my need of you. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. I thank you that you gave yourself for me. And I ask you now, Lord Jesus, to come into my life and transform my life now. Let me encounter you. Let me know you and your reality right now. And Lord, I just pray for everyone here today. We just say, Lord, open our eyes today. Let us, I ask you, Lord, remove any blind spots, any, anything that would limit us and hold us back from being all that you've called us to be. Lord, we thank you for mighty encounters with Jesus that change and transform our lives forever. Amen and amen. To let me download from Lanchelidy Lone Church. For more downloads and information, or contact us, please visit our website at Lanchelidy